whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy some of the finest man-made creations on Earth, whiskey. Brant. Well. It's time, it's time to smoke, man. It is time. It's time to smoke. On this short, you know, on this short been, pour, been down here a minute, Scott. Been waiting for this, this smoke for a minute. Yeah, so we got, we've got a, sh- a short pour tonight. Uh, which is one of the one of the more heavily peated Scottish whiskies on the planet. But to drink that, we have two guys who don't really do Scottish peated whiskey. <laughs> Tim. Yeah, I don't know how you took me to this. Well, it's but, part of the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam. Why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I want you. I want you guys to love what I love. I love I Isla. I love Isla. I feel like you hate me. It's the Hebridean Islands. This is this is my jam. So I am so excited to try this tonight. We are drinking Port Charlotte, Scottish barley, heavily peated whiskey. Very excited for this one. So this. I, I think I just. I think I just heard Chris. Carter and Mikey like wee like squeal like little girls like little girls. Chris Carter just ran out to the duty free shop to buy this. <laughs> um, so this one is kind of like a grand cuvee of what's in their distillery. Burke Lodic over on Isla, they are very much known for um, peated and also non peated whiskey. They do both, but this one has a, a vatting of fifty nine casks, four vintages. But only one barley type. It's 100% Scottish barley. So, in this, there are eight casks of Spanish sherry hogsheads, first fill. Uh, they were they were distilled and, and barreled in 2009. There are 14 2007 USA bourbon first fill casks. So traditional Scottish. Uh, they use ex bourbon barrels uh, traditionally. Um, there's also 21 2009 USA bourbon first fill casks and then seven casks from 2008 which were previously held France Loire Valley sweet white wine hogsheads so a nice balance of bourbon sherry and white wine in this yeah wh- 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 whatever whatever you said <laughs> I'll take your word for it until I try this <laughs> damn thing <laughs> yeah um, 
So yeah, there's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Also, there's uh, there's two more fills from. Or there's two more casts of USA Bourbon barrels. First fill, uh, one from 2008 and one from 2005, and then there's a 2007 vintage Spanish Sherry butt, uh, which ba- basically means that it's a smaller uh, quarter cast kind of thing. Uh, Adam Hannett, the head distiller over at Brooklotic, uh takes what he does seriously. He's a, he's responsible for about sixty thousand casks in their uh, in their inventory, and this is comprised of fifty nine different ones. So let's uh, let's dig into this and see what they see what we got here. Oh man, <laughs> make it a make it a big pour, <laughs> Oh please do, man. All right, the color on this one. Uh, now, <clears throat> Port Charlotte calls it uh, gilded lily. It actually looks like a, a Sauvignon, a white, it like a white wine almost, like a Sauvignon it, Blanc. Yeah, it looks yeah, like super, a white wine. Super light. It's gonna taste definitely just, very yellow, just like that. It's gonna taste just like that. Oh, I'm sure. It oh, smells like magic God. marker. <laughs> on the nose. Now we're gonna have we're gonna have highly highly different notes on this nose here. <laughs> <laughs> and probably highly different scores at the end. <laughs> On the nose, man. Peat smoke and sea salt with iodine and crushed she- seashells. Man, this sound this smells like you're just standing on the ocean shore or standing on the shore after a bonfire. After a bonfire. <laughs> well, yeah, it smells like a bonfire no. on the beach. No, for real though. It's it's it is definitely salty sea yes, air. Yes, there's yeah. definitely a salt after the bright after the like the oh, the smoke. There's definitely a salt, but it's not as overpowering a smoke as like an Ardbeg. No, no, this is definitely not as overpowering. Although it's the same. So this one is at uh, 40 ppm, which is the kind of the parts uh, parts per million that they use to uh, gauge the peat levels. Ardbeg's about 35. So this is actually more peat. Really? Yeah. Dude, I, I just to think of, I had an Octomore that was, I think, like 170. Yeah, they've got oh 180s and 200s. Yeah. What was that What was that one that we had at your house, Scott? Which one? That was really, really heavily painted. It was like a 25-year uh, something or other. Oh, the Bamore uh, 18. Yeah, that's peated at like 55 or 60-something. There is something green I smell in this, and I can't figure out what the hell it is. There is a light note after the salt and after the smoke. There's this light note that I can't figure out. Is it the um, the it's pear? pear? Pear. It's possible. There's pear it's in there. Pear. It's pear. There, uh, look, there's some all- there's some fruit in there. The, the second wave after you get back past the leather tobacco, the black pepper, the sea salt, the smoke. So there's <laughs> this, some toffee. This, there's also there is um, nut shell. Like it smells like pecan shell, Wal- not oh walnuts, walnuts, walnuts. See, see, for me, I guess it smells like pecan. Oh, that's what I'm. That's what no, I'm for me. But it smells like it smells like walnuts. Smells like pecan, but like the shell, the shell. Yeah, casing. if you've if you've ever walked to the city like in the winter time, yeah, they're roasting walnuts. Yes, and this is what it smells like, guys. So to me, it smells because so here, when it's. Uh, pecan tree, it's like super, super wet. They fall on the ground. They sit on the ground for a couple of days, and you pick them up, and they've already they've been like saturated with groundwater. And you crack it, the sm- the shell has this, yeah. this super distinct, uh, I don't know. Should I be smelling smell. like apple? Kinda... 
Yeah, there's some apple in there. There's some apple and pear. I'm I'm smelling more in this than I think I've smelled in a whiskey in a long time. I'm actually not as afraid to taste this as I thought I would be. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I would love to sit there and say, yeah, no, I am flat out scared. Let me tell you guys, I miss walnuts so much. This smells... I love this one. I even dig, like, some, like... Cinnamon and sweetness out of this. Which is I do crazy. get some sort of sweet, and I can't. That's what's kind of like. It's a. It's very contradictory to me. I think that's the cast from the the sweet white wine from France. The the sweet uh, dessert wines. All right, guys. I'm tasting, it. Sugar. I'm, tasting, I'm tasting it. Get it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Definitely doesn't taste like an art bag. Oh, wow. That is so damn good. I like this. That that is sweet. Yes. There's a sweet smoke to this. I really like this. Dude, that is sweet. I did not. Wow. I really, truly expected that. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to lie. This has a nice sea salt toffee and vanilla sweetness. Okay. I'm going to tell you what this tastes like. Wow. To me, this tastes like a piece of. Fresh, 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 like salmon sashimi. Not the actual fish, fishy taste, but like when it goes on your tongue, it just tastes it's like that to me. It tastes salt. like salt, like salt water. Just, but I don't know, smooth, kind of crisp. It doesn't taste like fish, but it tastes like when you put a piece of like sashimi on your yeah. on your tongue. I get that. It's that. It's that first salt hit. I don't know, but then it's got this crazy, this it's crazy really sweetness. weird sweetness to it. See, I it is it's totally weird because I, I get to me it tastes like a pork that's been brined and then smoked, smoked in meat wood. Yeah, I well, definitely is, get a nutty because you get that sweet sweetness. nuttiness. I still I still taste salt, but like sweet, like salted. Malted candy, <laughs> like saltwater taffy. It's a contradiction to me, because it tastes. It is, it yeah, is definitely it's a very. Well, that's why I'm, I'm telling you the note. There's more flavors on the nose than I've ever smelt on a whiskey in my life, and and that now the palate, like every sip, is changing. I yeah. definitely get some of that smoke, without a doubt. There's definitely smoke in there, but there's something. There's something else going on, and I can't place my finger on it. It's. It's sweet, but it's not sweet. It's not overly sweet. It, it's not floral sweet. It's not fruity sweet. No, it's not floral sweet. It's more it's, of a. It's more of a nut sweet. It's it, it's it's. It's a rich, savory sweet, like a, yes. like a decadent yeah. sweet, like rich, like rich yeah. toffee, like, like you know, dark. you know, the best way. It's a fat sweet. Yes, yes. If it, the best way I can, it, there's definitely like a complex fat, like almost like, like a, a meat fat. Sweetness. Like a barbecued to it. pork would Yes, like a, like what Tom said. Man, I'll tell you what, the more you drink this and your taste buds kind of adjust <laughs> to the smokiness and the saltiness, it opens up so nicely to this like toffee and saltiness to it. It it man, I'll tell you what. Is that cherry wood? There's a little bit of cherry in there, and that's probably from the bourbon barrels. Uh, the nuttiness of this, the walnut, cracked walnut on this, 
you can taste the oiliness the oiliness of the walnuts in the in the whiskey. I am not supposed to like this. That's all I'm no, saying, you're not. Right? But guess what? <laughs> the more I introduce people to Isla, the more they like it. See, I will say I think this is the first one that I've liked. There are certain ones that I like, and there are certain ones I Well, you don't. like Ardbeg with ice. This is true. I do like a, water, a little bit watered-down Ardbeg. It tastes really good to me. See, and I don't... I mean, I'm going to add some water to this in just a second, but I'm not sure this needs too much yeah, water. I don't think I'm it needs curious it. I'm try about it, but... it. You see, that, that my problem is I'm, I'm, I'm a curious person, so I'm going to have to try it in each way to figure it out. I'm going to try a little bit of water here, because I've got a little bit left of this pour before I go back to the bottle here. Because I'll go back to this bottle. Jesus staring cutting. at me. He's like, no, you're not. This is limited and rare. I don't care. It, it takes away some of that smoke. It takes it, away a lot of the smoke if you cut it. This particular one, I believe, is not available anymore. It's not, and that's why uh. Jeeves is taking it away. But he's going to bring it back. <laughs> hey, we pay him. Bring I that bottle back like here. This. I don't like, like overly smoke. But there's a, this is complicated enough that it makes it interesting. The water brings out some more of those notes of the walnuts and the oiliness. Yes. But it does take away the smoke. If you don't like the smoke, add a little tiny splash of water. Not much, because you don't want to deaden all the flavors. But this one is really, really good. The water extends the finish a little bit. Yes, it, it gets it a little yeah. more spice to it towards the end. But say the fi- the f- the finishes it stays, and I think that's a pretty prominent thing in Isla Scotch, like smoked peated peated Scotch. The the finish the finish hangs. This one to me, the finish on this is Mel Gibson with a half blue face yelling freedom. <laughs> this one. This finish is so, like, it just, it makes you want to run out and attack the Celts. I feel like hey, now. I'm going to be tasting this, I'm going to be tasting this tomorrow. Yes, that's kind of how yeah. I feel, too. It's like, it's like a good cigar that's going to linger on your tongue. Serious teeth brushing tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this makes you, this makes you envy no man and you're just going to go conquer the world. Okay. I love this one. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I and I really the, when I first smelled it, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this. There's no way I'm gonna like this. But it actually is pretty tasty. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by this. Brooklatic has done a good job marrying the smoke with the sweetness on this one. Very good job. You know what, Brant? This kind of reminds me a little bit of the lore. Where there's kind of a mix of the sweetness and uh, the smokiness, but this is much more complex, and that saddens me because I thought Laura was my favorite bottle of Isla. So now, where would you rank this compared to like Arbet, which is like death in a bottle for me if I don't have some ice cubes in it? Okay, so Ardbeg Ten is death in a bottle to most people. Because it is very smoky and there's not much going on with it. Once you get into the expressions of Ardbeg, the Anoa, Korovekian, Ugdadal, those get more complex and more sweet, like this one. You're going to get okay. more sweetness for that. If you want a good Ardbeg, Anoa. Anoa is one of the best Ardbeg puts out, I think. 
Okay. And that's where you're gonna... Like, I think the better thing to do with Isla is not just bottle something at 10, ship it off and say, here's the boldest shit we got. It's when they do things like marry it with some sherry cast finished bourbon, or uh, bourbon barrel whiskey, some sherry finished whiskey, and even this... And I can tell you, I taste the sweet white wine in this whiskey. There's, there's definitely a sweet taste to it, which I really didn't expect, just on the initial smell. And I really like it. I mean, could I drink a whole bottle of this by myself? No. It's just not my flavor yeah. profile for me. But every once in a while, I can I can see myself hitting this up. Yeah, it's when you get a bottle of it and, and enjoy it every once in a while. And... and uh, Watch, uh, you know, put on your kilt and, and bagpipes. Nobody needs to see me in a kilt. <laughs> uh, you have nice shouldn't. legs, Adam. You have no, nice legs. Thank you. <laughs> but no, because, you know, I can, I can picture a Mallard Monroe moment, and that's just not good. <laughs> um, this one, this was very good. Very good. I'm pleasantly surprised. Cause Tim, Tim, what do you think about it? I, I would like. I was pleasantly surprised by this. It it definitely smells harsher. It's definitely harsher on the nose than it is on the palate. I really enjoyed this. I definitely enjoyed this one. Brant, what I about mean, you? This is um, as an as a non Isla guy. What's crazy is you say that, but I mean, I I like the the Lagavulin Lagavulin sixteen. Um, but man, I, th- there's no age statement on this. Mm-hmm. I gotta feel it's if it's way younger than 16, especially just looking at the color of it. Um, you know, I don't. I have a log of wood somewhere. I get Jeeves to bring the bottle over, but just look at the color to compare. You can tell it's a lot lot younger. Oh, it's but, definitely um, a lot lighter. I I am just surprised at the flavors that got pulled out of this. Um, but I will say that I. I don't know. I don't know a ton about this distillery, but what I do know is that this distillery is is um, another mega underrated distillery on the island of massive, massive um, company like Lagavulin and Lafroig and Ardbeg. Um, you know, they get buried uh, in the in the in the company that they keep on that small island. But I'm pretty impressed with this this product from from Isla. It's, Kind of, kind of interesting. I don't think this bottle is terribly expensive. No, if you can find it, I want to say it's in the sixty dollar range. I want to say it was about that when it when it came out. Now they do they do expressions from time to time where they do um, the Scottish barley or they do um, all of these different uh, blends like the ten year old or um, the Isla barley. It's um, it's very good. So let's go around the room. Adam, give me a score on this. I'm gonna shock myself and give this about an 85. It's for me. good. It uh, I like I said, it could never be an everyday drinker for me. My either my palate's not complex enough or whatever it is. It can't be an everyday, but every once in a while, if I'm in the mood for it, I can definitely see myself going to this. So I, I would definitely give it a strong 85. I would drink this again. I would definitely drink it again. All right, Tim, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Adam. I, I I was surprised by this bottle. I, it, it totally shocked me. I'm not a PD guy. I don't like 
PD whiskeys, but this was really good. The PD wasn't, the smokiness wasn't overpowering. It was definitely there, but it wasn't harsh. It wasn't like you licked an ashtray. <laughs> so I, I'll also give this an 85. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you there. Brant, what about you? Um, I, yeah, I, I was surprised. I was, I was definitely, I was surprised with just all the different complexity in the flavors that you could pull out of this. Um, I, I just gave it one point more. I gave it an 86. So for me, um, I, I've looked at my notes. Um, Ardbeg and Oa, I rated it at 89. I'm going to keep this right about there. I'm going to give it an 88. I think this is pleasantly uh, smoky. Not overly smoky. It's not going to uh, get aggressive in your face. It's not going to punch you in the nuts. But it's going to... It's gonna it's gonna challenge your palate, but it's also going to soothe your palate with the nice sweetness. So I'm gonna give this one an 88. I like it a lot. I and thought I, I was gonna give it a lot lower score. Yeah, than I, I didn't think I was gonna like it at all. Now, the Ardbeg, and I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that word you're saying after it, so I'm not even gonna attempt to do it. Anoa. Anoa. Um, what makes that one better than this one? Um, I think that even though one it's has, by like one or two points, I was just curious. Ju- just for that one, um, I'm looking at that one on my notes here. It's fairly recent. Um, that one had more of that like rich, savory, bacony notes to it. So it was more like smoked meat, whereas this is more like smoked fruit. Okay. Um, and I just like for me a good a good Isla whiskey has that like smoked sausage kippers. Um, smoked salmon and that that really rich, oily note to it. And Ardbeg, I know it had that. This one was definitely long and warm in the finish, but it doesn't have that same like smoked meat feel to it. So, if you like this, I would highly recommend Anoa. And that's again about the same price, around fifty to fifty-five to sixty bucks. Where you? Depending on where, you know where you are. I like it. Or or just come over this weekend and I can pour you some Anoa. Yes, <laughs> that might be actually <laughs> happening this weekend. Because guess whose turn it is to drive? Mine. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jeeves, call an Uber. <laughs> Jeeves is not Siri. Jeeves, bring that bottle over. <laughs> oh shit he just gave me the finger Julio get to stretch <laughs> um, look we've we've had a good time tonight um, Isla is your friend I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys with this Isla is your friend man don't be afraid of Isla whiskey it's not all smoky ashtray and charcoal grill I know I know you guys are are hesitant or most of our listeners are hesitant to drink Isla whiskey. Well, you know what it is? It's not so much that I'm hesitant. It's the price point of a lot of them scare me off. And that's the real issue with it. If I'm not, if I'm going into a bar and I'm going to order a drink, I'm going to order something that I'm comfortable with. And when we're looking at some of these price points in a bar, it just doesn't make sense for me to pay 35 to 40 dollars for a pour that i'm not even sure that i'm gonna like that i know i've had issues with in the past yeah this a lot one, of good bars though will give you a free taste, taste. 
Um, I, this one should probably run you about 15 to 18 in a bar. Right but, around there. But if I can get this for 15 to 18, or I can get... Um, Blanton's for Blanton's 13. for this, yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to go towards the Blanton's because I know it's a safe bet for me. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. Okay, here's a question. Off topic before we end. What is a situation where you'd walk into a new bar be blown away by the back bar and then want to try something out of your comfort zone. You know, so you walk into your everyday bar, you you know what's on the back bar, you go to Blanton's because you're not going to try the one bottle of Ardbeg. But if you walk into a bar that has a 300 set back bar, do you go crazy and try something yes. that you would normally not try? Well, I'll give you the perfect example. When we went to the Beekman's place, in the city, and the, one of the guys we were with, uh, Michael Fry, he's new to whiskey, he's new to bourbons, he's new to scotches, he didn't know what he wanted, he didn't know what to order. And I, we went with our, I mean, they had Woodford, so we went with a Woodford, and then the bartender goes, well, you know what, I want you to try this, it's Dead Rabbit, try this, it's an Irish whiskey, and she brings over three, I mean, they were almost full one-ounce pours for us to try. And it was delicious. And that that's something that's top probably not something I would go and typically order right off the bat. But she recommended it, and we tried it, and it was I went out and bought a bottle. So I so I love that. I love a bartender that's going to say if I order something that's way safe, mm-hmm. they say, "Hey, try this craft version or a craftier, a more boutique version." That's awesome. So. Woodford Reserve. Okay, if you like that, if I know your palate can handle that, try this because this is way fucking left field. But if you can handle Woodford Reserve, you can probably handle this. I love, I love that because if I walked into a place that had a 300 bottle back set and I walked away with the Woodford Reserve from the bar, I'd feel like a fucking chump. Yeah. And she drank you, ch- you chumps. Yeah. I'm not yeah. afraid to ask questions. That's Don't, one thing and, about me. And that's good. That's good. Be. Do not. And um. I'm always one to sit there, even when I go out to dinner. It, it could be something that I've never seen on a menu before. But that waiter waitress is going to know where to steer me just by working there and experiencing it. Now, the problem is with a lot of bars, especially high-end bars, they're not always the most knowledgeable person when it comes to selecting and figuring out taste profiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and that's borderline my concern if somebody knows what they're talking about you can know in five minutes yeah you can whether they're truly blowing smoke up my ass or whether they're not and with this i would be a lot more even like the dead rabbit i would still be more reserved if that said isla in front of it because it's gonna take that a little bit extra coaxing i would have to try a sample of that because i'd be concerned that it's going to be overly smoky and, and that's that's where my line is, where it's like, all right, this is not necessarily always my palate, but I can try it and enjoy it. Scott, do you think that even the PPM meter um, can be wrong or false, falsely smoky, depending on the blend or, or the, I mean, you know, or the the product? You know, this is a forty, which is which is higher than. Most common are bags, but it, to me, it doesn't taste nearly as aggressive. How, you know, what do you, how do you feel that that PPM meter fluctuates? So, look, the PPM meter only dictates what 
parts per million of smoke was used to smoke the barley. So like we've talked about, uh, go back to the, the Lagavulin and the Frog Lore show where we talk about smoking uh, the barley to stop the malting process. That only dictates what that amount of smoke was used to stop the malting process. Now, 40 is a lot. Uh, we, we, and we talked about some of the other ones. 30 to 35 is normal um, for, our, for Isla. 40 is pretty high. It goes beyond 40 and it's like you get into the overly hopped beers category where it's like how much hops can we put into it when you get into Octomore, which is also Brooklodic. But I think this one mellows out because what they do is they take that they take that barley that's been heavily peated, they malt it, they dis- they mash it, they ward it, they distill it, and then it goes into all these different types of barrels, and all these different types of barrels really give it that character. And this is one of the first whiskeys where we can sit there and say, it matters where you put your whiskey, what barrel it goes into, what kind of wood it's got, hogsheads, the size of the barrels, regular barrels, quarter casks. It really makes a difference. Lafour Glore was like that. Um, this is like that, where there's all these different styles of barrels which age the whiskey and impart their characteristic on it. Well, just the complexity level of this particular one is crazy. It there's, is. There's, there's no other way to put it. It, it just it shocked me because when I'm used to speak to drinking an Isla, Isla, excuse me. It's always almost overly smoky, and it, and it's that competition of the IPA, like you said, where it can. How bitter can I take this for the sake of it being bitter? Mm-hmm. And that's what I find with I a lot of time is how smoky can I take this for the sake of it being smoky? Now, I don't know what the parts per million is. I, I that doesn't matter to me as much as per taste. And it's the same thing with IPAs. I don't like all IPAs. But there are certain ones that can be overly on the IUB scale and be very high and still be complicated enough to not be overly bitter and overly like strong, I guess is the best way I can put it, where it's cut with citrus or cut with something that makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. No, it definitely can. Um, now, Brook Lodic, Adam, they make this gin called the Botanist. Ooh. Yes. It's I am a it is it's blowing up too. It is it's, it is I the love <laughs> complicated gems. No, nothing else like it. I I've tasted it. Adam highly recommend it for just gin and tonic, even at that <coughs> easy level. Okay. Gin and club soda, it can go in that, but also gin cocktails. It's got twenty two hand forged local botanicals on the island of Isla. And then it's got berries, bark, seeds, peels, and slow distillation. This is like the gin to have right now. Okay, think about that. It's got 22 botanicals that come from a freaking island in Scotland. That's only, it's, that's only eight square miles wide. Insane. My only concern is that it's gimmicky. And I'm not saying it to be... Because there's been a lot of gins who claim they have a laundry it, list I'm of ingredients. You, the juice, the juice. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying by that is, it's a lot of ingredients, but it's coming from 
a, a small place that's they're all it's it's all relatively connected. They're not getting they're not getting shit from South Africa and stuff from Russia and stuff. It's it's twenty two things that are in an eight mile wide area. So they all these things should be complementary because they're related to the, the to the Tawar or Terrier, however you want to you want to pronounce it. They all grow in that same climate. They all grow in the same soil. Um, but it's all it's twenty two different tentacles, which is which is nuts. But it, I could say, yeah, you could you could do the gimmick, but I think the juice uh, is proof in the pudding on this because okay. it's you know what Adam? it is it's a bar it's a bartender's dream. Every bartender that we've put this in front of and we sell it that we put it in front of goes just ape shit over. But is Adam? it good in a, for me? A gin is leveled by a martini. Tell you what, Adam, you'll find out when you come visit. Fine, I'll, I'll have a bottle here. Sounds like a plan. And we'll we'll try it out. We'll make some gin martinis and we'll make some gin drinks. They even have cocktails that we can make. There's a there's one called a smoking sound, which is whiskey, see, bitters, but, and gin. You see, but the thing is with cocktails is that you lose a lot of the complexities of a gin. I don't care what you say. True. The whole if if it's a great mixing gin, that's fine. But I can get a easier to find mixing gin. So for so me, you didn't like the hype. You didn't like the hype of the Hendrix Orbium. I love, or I like regular Hendrix, because I like the hint of rose that's in that most of the time. There's just a subtle hint of rose in the Hendrix that makes your 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 gin martini a little more interesting and a little more complex. I don't remember the Orbium. It wasn't one that <laughs> <laughs> it was in Louisiana, which you've never been. <laughs> that I just so, don't remember so, it. So no, look, I think Jen next time had, next time you buy the house, and it was it was good. But again, it was a great mixing gin, which means that it's not going to be memorable enough for me in a in a martini. And for yeah. me, a gin is based mm. on a like a good gin stands up well, to a martini. I was going to pick up that Drum Shando Irish gin. I would love. I would. Tr- I would try anything. That's you that know. Seems all to that. be blowing up too right we now. We kn- we know that Adam. We know. <laughs> but um, it's but yeah. Just, no, we'll we'll try this. Uh, look, Brooklodic. Has done some great things. They they are heavily peating their whiskey, but this is really good. I, I think right I like the table, this. We I really appreciate like this. this. I, I I really truly appreciate. I was this really whiskey. surprised by it. See, yeah, Isla can be it. your friend. So look, go out and go out to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash bsea podcast. Share what you've got in your Isla collection. Share what you're drinking from Isla. Uh, be bold. Be daring. Enjoy some of the Isla whiskey. I know I do. I've got, a, I've got like twelve bottles of it. Fourteen. I was about to say you probably have like three shelves of it. I like this there. one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one's good. Um, but yeah, be bold and be daring, and and enjoy this this Isla. It it, it really is a, a a niche market. So if you can if you hey. can handle it. More power to you. Well, I mean, I'll tell you something. Something else about this one that you probably didn't realize in tasting it. It's a hundred proof. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would have called it like forty something. Hundred proof. Um, is it that niche of a market though? At this point, I wonder if it's the high proof that kind of masks the. And I'm smokiness. not. But I'm not saying it to be because it. it it's like. Again, that whole IPA situation. It's like it's it's the sake of being this for the sake for for whatever it is. It's bitter. It's like you're not gonna like this. Here, try it. Kind it's of it's definitely it's definitely cultish. The, the people that love Isla 
Look, I'll put it this way. The people that love Isla are like CrossFit people, okay? They're going to tell you how much they love Isla whiskey. But, and but I'm one nothing, of them. But there's nothing, but there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But I, I find it the same situation with the IPA. It's like that IUB number, the higher it gets, the worse the it tastes. Number? Whatever. The, the higher it gets, the, the worse it tastes to me. And people are like challenging each other. Here, finish this beer. I dare you. See, and I, I think with Isla, it's it's not so much the PPM that matters. It's the what they do with it. Because, look, Ardbeg 10 is it's good. It's very good. But Ardbeg and O is better. Ardbeg Ugvidal is way better. Korovekian, amazing. Cor- and what? Korovekian. You swear? Did you just swear at me? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, kind of like he's speaking Klingon right now. I'm well, <laughs> well, that's pretty much how uh, how Isla goes. Uh, if you try to if you try to look at the way they say Brooklotic, it does not sound like or it does not look like Brooklotic. No, no. <laughs> or uh, Bunhaben. Uh, many no, of those Lafroig. It's it, it's something like you're needing. Well, Lafroig. If you look at Lafroig, Lafroig. Lafroig looks Lefroy. like Lafroig. Yeah, that's true. Ardbeg looks like Ardbeg. But Bunahabin or Ardbeg looks like Ardbeg. However, See, some of the I words. Because I started to pronounce Broiledick. The the ch was silent. Laga <laughs> Vulin. Yeah, I mean, but, I remember the close. first time I went and ordered, ordered it in a bar. I said, uh, "I'll take the Lagavulin 16." She looked at me. She said, "You mean Laga Vulin?" I was like. Just I need the the third one down from the. Yeah, that, the right. I order things off the yeah. menu like. The, yeah. Can I have this because I'm not going to pronounce I it? Can I get the number twenty three, please? <laughs> yeah, supersize it to go. Uh, so, <laughs> Chinese restaurant. See number twenty three. So definitely go out and check out the Island whiskeys. They're not as bad as you think they are. Try them in a bar. If you're in a bar and they've got some Isla whiskeys, if you find a whiskey bar that has an extensive collection, give them a try. You're not going to be disappointed. I have a question, mm-hmm. and this might be kind of off the wall, but after, like, because you're a big Isla drinker, so, like, would there ever be a time where you would sit down and just sample different Islas? Like, every day? No, but, and, and I'm not saying, but, like, one right after the other, kind of like a wine tasting or a yeah, bourbon tasting. Absolutely. Okay. Honestly, once I start my night with Isla, I stay with my Isla whiskeys because it definitely does wreck your palate. For the rest of the night, like you can't, you can't then move into a Highland malt because you're gonna taste nothing. You are literally okay. going to taste absolutely nothing. If you start with Arbeg, finish with Arbeg. If you start with something else, you can finish with, with Isla. Uh, just make sure you stick but to like, Isla when you start with Isla. But for example, if I drank the Arbeg Ten before I drank this, Arbeg Ten will blow this. Out of the water. Like, for me, like, I wouldn't taste any of the subtle nuances of this particular yeah, wine. Yeah, because Ardbeg 10 is a Ardbeg 10 is a single bourbon, a first-fill bourbon cask with no... Uh, Brent, not trying to shit on bourbon, but there's no complexities to that cask, whereas, like, this one has... Like, this Port Charlotte that we have has Spanish sherry. It's got French white wine. It's got bourbon. It's got Spanish hogshead. So, these... First fill sherry cask give a nice give a different flavor to it. So you have to be super careful if you're sampling. Yes. Yes. When you get a when you get a single barrel or like Lafroig ten, Ardbeg ten, 
be careful what you're getting into. It's going to be peaty. It's going to be smoky. But I still love Le Fork 10. It's my go-to. Like I said, you changed my mind on this shit, so... I'm glad. I'm glad. So, look, like I said, go over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BSEA podcast. Share what you're drinking in the Isla category. Um, guys, wonderful, wonderful whiskey. I think we all agree. Yeah. Yep. I can't honestly say I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, tonight, as we finish up our short pour, uh, which is not really a short pour, but whatever. It's one drink. It was just really good. <laughs> we had so much to talk about one drink. It was really amazing. Uh, guys, tonight, if you came here to learn, drink what you've learned. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit as a friend. And if you came here for an adventure, drink, drink up. up. Cheers. 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 Cheers.